everyone. Thank you for joining me today. New Hope Radio, we are here. We are live. We are ready to go. Today, we, I'm going to begin a brand new series. I really like this series because it's on what the Christian life is all about, especially how it came into being. One word can summarize it well. And yet, you know something about this word? It is often misunderstood and especially, uh oh, misapplied. Ain't that a kicker? Misunderstood because it has not become a motivator. This word should be a motivator for every believer, and it's not. And it's misapplied because it hasn't set the captive free. It should set us free. Today we open up our series entitled Lessons of Grace. And with this thought, we're going to look at what it means to live in Christ. You know, they go together, don't they? Grace and Christ. Are you kidding me? Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And we need to understand grace. You want to understand Christ? Understand grace. They both go together. Okay, let's get right at it. Did you ever wonder why such a wonderful way of life, the Christian life, right, has not yet overcome the whole world? Why is that? Why hasn't the whole world been evangelized yet? Probably because, because Christ has not become the all in all of his own people. The leaven of the kingdom has not influenced our expansion. It hasn't. Remember Jesus talked about the kingdom of God is like leaven and it influences and it spreads. Well, the leaven of the kingdom doesn't seem to be influencing our generation. The world has a Christian tinge to it, but it's still a world. And I find that in American Christianity. There's like a tinge of Christianity, but is it the real thing? If we look around at Christianity and even your own personal life, you may see that you count Christ as an unfortunate necessity rather than Rejoicing in Him as your joy and your life. Is that how you see Him? Is He an unfortunate necessity? You need Him. Or is He really the basis of your joy? Is He something you have to do rather than just a joy to live? And let's be honest today. Let's be honest about where we stand with Christ. Is it more that you cannot do without him? Or is it of welcoming him into everyday life? That's the key. Here's today's scripture. Watch how simple. Right to the point. Philippians 1 verse 21. Here's the Apostle Paul's view of life. Here's what he said. For to me, to live is Christ. 
That's Paul's personal perception. It's almost like, I don't know about you, but to me, to live is Christ. And what does that phrase to live mean? It means the act of living, going about life. And what's involved in living? Well, rising up. Yeah, you know, waking up in the morning. I want to get up. I want to get out of bed. Then everything that's in between, all the chores and responsibilities have to do with work, with friends. Christ is always a part of it. And then lying down again at the end of the day where you are contented. You're contented at a day well lived. That's what Paul is saying. There's one man, William Arnott. He said this, That which would be gladness to the Christian would be glory to God. So he's saying, maybe we could put it in the form of a question. Do you give glory to God by being glad in Christ? Hmm. Do you give glory to God by being glad in Christ? See, in grace, God invites us to a life of joys, which he really does desire to bestow on you. And now, this is not a prosperity message, but joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So this is what God wants for his people, joy. And joy is not necessarily happiness. Happiness is based on outward circumstances. Joy is based on the condition of your heart, especially not connected to outward circumstances. Circumstances are inconsequential when it comes to having joy. So life for Paul the Apostle and for the true Christ follower, it's not like that of the beasts which perish. It's not like that of the world which says, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. And this is how most people live. You know what they do? They exchange the end for the now. They're not interested in the end. They're consumed with the now. And that's why people can live without God. And they can live without Christ because of the now. Eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. Yeah, but then what? Yes, granted, we need food and clothing. These are the necessities of life. And they're given by God to enjoy. It is our duty to labor for them. Yes, we go to work every day. Why? Because we need food, we need clothing, we need shelter. So we go to work. But they merely preserve life. Get this now. They are not the object of life. They are the preservation of life. Because even Jesus said in Matthew 6.32, he said, listen, the Gentiles eagerly seek these things. What? The things to eat, the things to drink, the things to wear. But he said, but your heavenly Father, he knows that you need all of these things. He knows that. Don't let those things be the object of your life. And then Jesus went on, he said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And those other things, they'll be added to you. Because God knows what you need. Seek the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying. So back to our scripture, Philippians 1.21. For to me, Paul's personal perspective, for to me, 
to live as Christ and to die is gain. Now, life for him is not gain. <laughs> I'm like, what? Life for Paul is not gain. Lifelong acquisitions are not the goal of life. You realize how many people don't know that? They live for acquisitions. That's what drives them. That's what gets them up in the morning. But that's not a goal. That is not a noble goal. Granted, what we acquire is useful in fulfilling some of the important aspects of life. But when an acquisition comes to be itself an end, its nature changes. You've changed the nature of that acquisition. It's like having a bag of gold. But the bag of gold is around your neck. And you're shipwrecked. And you're floating in the sea. And you find yourself sinking. See, all of a sudden, that acquisition, huh, it's not that helpful anymore, is it? It's the basis of your demise. Its nature has changed. Acquisitions are not noble pursuits. Okay? Maybe if you get one thing out of this today, that could be it. Acquisitions are not noble pursuits. There are higher things in life to pursue, like the kingdom of God. In Luke chapter 12, verse 13, someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. So here's we got a couple, got a couple of siblings and they're arguing about money. You know, many times that's the downfall of quite a few families. Finances divide families. And that's what's happening here. Inheritance. It's dividing two brothers. And Jesus said to him, Who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you? I like that. Jesus, like, he didn't take the bait. He didn't set himself up as the judge over them. You know, sometimes he's not gonna, he's not gonna just like step in, wave the magic wand and, and make it all right. Matter of fact, he's gonna do something even better. And you know what he said to them? Instead of saying or giving them financial advice on what to do with the inheritance, you know what he did? He gave them a warning instead. And he said, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. Oh, greed comes in many forms, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Greeting, being greedy is to hoard. You can hoard money. You can hoard food. You can hoard material things. You know, there are so many things that we can hoard. He says, be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance, you got a whole lot of stuff, right? Does his life consist of those possessions? He says, that's not what life is about. Can you see how deceived the world is? Thinking acquisitions can fill the void that's in the heart. And they do not. When Jesus said to them, beware and be on your guard, the word beware, it's the word harao. It means to take a long look. 
It's where we get the word horizon, right? When you look at the horizon, you get down to the beach and you see the horizon, maybe it's sunrise or sunset. And what do you do? You take a long look, left to right, right to left. You take it in, especially at sunset. You enjoy the changing colors of the sky. It's yellow and then orange and then purple and then blue and then black. It's gone. But it's a long look. And Jesus is saying, I want you to take a long look at your life, at your heart. You see, that takes time. It's not just a quick check. Take a long look at your heart. And he said, beware of every form of greed. Greed means to have more and more and more and more and more. Just keep wanting more. Somebody once asked a multi-millionaire. They asked him a question. They said, how much do you really need to be happy? And you know what he said? Just a little bit more. It never ends. It's a never-ending search for happiness. And you know why it never ends? Because happiness is never found in that. You know that there's more happiness in getting, I mean, in giving than getting? Giving fills the heart. Giving is, there's something magical about giving. It blesses both people. It blesses the recipient, and it blesses the one who gives. And some of you know the joy of giving, and that's why you give so much, because it gives so much joy back to you. See, you understand life. You understand what life is about. And you know how to get godly joy. God established it in such a way that, hey, this is how you get joy. And even Jesus said, it's more blessed to be give, it's more blessed to give, it's more joyful to give than it is to receive. That's why acquiring things is not that noble, because we always fall short of fulfillment. But it's in the giving. Isn't that interesting? It's in the emptying of ourselves that we become fulfilled. Wow. Think about that. You empty yourself and you become fulfilled. But if you're always on the acquiring side, it's a heart that's never satisfied because it has made Christ an unfortunate necessity rather than rejoicing in him as your joy in this life. I'm talking about Christians today, folks. There are Christians that see Jesus as a necessity. Yes, I know. I need him. He's not. I don't go after him because my life is filled with him. I go after him because I need him. Oh, I need him to answer my prayers. Oh, I need him to bail me out. Oh, I need him to just do things for me. I need him to bless me. I need him to be my Santa Claus. Instead of just wanting him for who he is and experiencing the joy that he gives you in everyday fellowship. That's why Paul could say, for me to live is Christ, the person of Christ. Though life is not gain, you know what he said? Dying is. I'm like, what? Is he crazy? Who talks like that? Who talks for me to live is Christ? To die is gain? Who says that? Paul did. 
Someone who put away childish things. That's who said that. Someone who's all grown up. Here's what he said. He said this in another place in 1 Corinthians 13. He said, When I was a child, I used to speak as a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. He's talking about maturity, spiritual maturity. You know, when I was immature, when I was a babe, I talked like one, I thought like one, I reasoned like one, but I grew up one day and I put away the toys. I put away the old frame of reference, the old way of thinking. I have a new way of thinking. And you know what my new way of thinking is, he says? For me to live is Christ. That's his new way of thinking. For me to live is Christ. And notice what he's saying. It's not a life with Christ. It's not a life in Christ. But rather, his very life is Christ. Can we get that? His very life is Christ. What does that mean? I don't know. The best I can figure out is everything about his life is Christ-related. Everything. He's come to a place where he has been absorbed into Jesus Christ. That the new nature that he writes about when old things have passed away and new things have come and God has made us a new creation. You know, he wrote about all that stuff. He's actually experiencing it. He's arrived at that point. That he is a new creation and he's living in that. He doesn't vacillate between the old and the new. He's in the new to stay. You know, it's like if you have a car, right, and you sell the car and you buy a new one, you stay in the new car. You don't go back to the old car, especially if somebody else bought it. You stay in the new one. Well, Paul got rid of the old one, and he's in the new one. And his life has become aligned with Christ. Now, how many people are there? I don't know. I'm not. I'll be honest with you. This is not, you know, but it's a goal. I would love to be at a place in my own life where I can say, everything about me is about Christ. But I'm not there. I mean, sometimes, you know, I lose my cool. I get anxious. I get a little concerned about things. I get angry. I don't know if those things get in the way. But I want you to think. To get to that point where my life is not just with Jesus, and it's not in him, but it is him. And maybe it's at that point that we experience experience the greatest degree of grace, the grace of God, because he did, didn't he? Where he said, you know what? Jesus said, Paul, I'll give you grace, and it's sufficient for you. And he said, I'll take it. I'll take the grace. I'll take the grace over my answered prayer request. I'll take the grace. He asked, he had a prayer request. Remove remove this demon from me. And the Lord said, I'll give you grace instead. And he said, you know, I'll give you grace to bear with the demon. And you know what he said? I'll take it. Wow. See, that's because his former life to him, it was like a bad dream. 
Now he's awakened to something beautiful. You know, that bad dream, you don't want to go back. Oh, no, no. Who who wants to dream a nightmare and then keep dreaming of it every night? He saw what he was before, and now he sees what he has become, and he's like, I like this better. He's awakened to a beautiful life in Christ. He sees the grace of God. He sees the grace of God in forgiving him, in accepting him, and giving him purpose. And God's done that for you too and for me. He's done that for all of us. In Christ, he has forgiven us. He has accepted us. He has given us purpose. Now, Paul has been grafted into a new vine. And the new vine nourishes him. And now his life is in the new vine and not the old. It's in Christ. He has a new connection. He's been grafted, connected, right? Remember when Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Paul has come to realize, man, truer words were never spoken. That is very true. He has a new spiritual connection. He's been grafted in. And now his life is no longer his own. It belongs to the new vine. He's got a new connection, and and the life of the vine is flowing into him. You see, isn't that the way it works? The life of the vine flows into the branch, and the branch produces the grape. The life of Christ flows into his people, and then we produce the fruit. And with the fruit, God is glorified. So let me ask you, Have you been grafted in? Or should I say, are you really receiving the life of Christ into your soul, into your heart? I'm not talking about Sunday morning when everything's great. You know, Sunday morning, right? Everything looks good, sounds good. We're like in heaven on earth. Oh, man, everything's wonderful. But then we walk out the doors and into reality. And now we need the we need to be connected to Christ more than ever. More than ever. You know, it's like grabbing onto that life jacket in the storm. You don't want to let that go. Oh, you hang on tight. You hang on to that life preserver. Because it certainly is a preserver of life. And Paul understood something. This is the grace of God. For me to live is Christ, is God's grace. In Christ, your life can be an, an, an inexhaustible source of joy, or it can be an unfortunate necessity, something that you need to do, like brush your teeth. You know, you're, you're faithful to brush your teeth every day, Oh, yeah, I'm faithful. You brush your teeth? Oh, yeah, I'm faithful. But you don't do it because you love it. You do it because you have to. But let's not make our relationship with Christ that way. Let's not make it because we have to, but because we love it. And we love fellowship with him. 
And we love walking with him. We love learning of him. We love singing his songs. And we want every aspect of our life to emanate him. We want to be absorbed with him. Like Paul said, when I live, that is Christ. My life is Christ. What a thing. What a goal. That Now that is a noble goal. Not pursuing the things of the world, but pursuing the one who made the world, the creator of the world. That's the one. That's nobility. That's the place that we want to get to. Okay? And I know you do. And I know you do. And that's why you're listening to Christian radio. And that's why you're in the Hope Club. And you listen to the Hope Club podcast, which you can get anytime. I want to remind you about that. The Hope Club podcast, where so you can get all these messages. Anywhere podcasts are found. They're all over the place. Everybody's a podcast now, right? iTunes, YouTube, I don't know, everywhere. There are, you just go online, even on our website, newhopecc.tv. Scroll down, our podcasts are there as well. So it really is, we're living in a day and age when God's word is so attainable. I mean, it's right there. It's, it really is convenient. We can have it anytime, anywhere. And when Christ is our life, we want it. We want, that's what we want because we know that our soul becomes filled with the joy of God when we do that. And God wants that for us. God wants you to have his joy. So don't forget about the Hope Club podcast. Check it out. Share it with your friends. Because I'll tell you what, look at this world we're living in today. Are you kidding me? It's it's like it's it's going to off balance. And the only thing that's going to hold us together is God's word in our soul. We need to get the word of God every day. You got friends that don't know God, tell them about the Hope Club podcast. You got friends that know God but they need a Spiritual Lift, the Hope Club podcast. We do that so people can have access to the Word of God at any time. I've had someone tell me, and I appreciate that. They listen to one on the way to work, and they listen to one on the way home. How cool is that? That's what we do. On your way to work, you can get a message and then plug it in on the way home. Man, you've done pretty well for the soul. And you'll be able to say like Paul, for me to live is Christ.